Well, I always worry about getting up straight after the adverts as if you're going to ever take me seriously, but <laughs> at least I wasn't dressed as a clown this week because um, I didn't realise how ridiculous I looked until I watched it back on the video. And then I was like, oh no, this is going out on Facebook. So uh, that was never good. But we've been looking at Consider, uh, Sealer, to stop and consider. And I'm wrapping up the series today um, all about Consider Him. And uh, I'm just going to start by reading um, the verse that we're going to be looking at uh, today before we uh, crack on into it. So um, it's Hebrews uh, 12. The verse is verse 3, but I'm going to read uh, from verse 1 to 3. Um, really famous passage of the Bible. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cr- cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then this is the verse, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So I'm just going to pray before we start this morning. God, we just thank you for your word. And I just pray as I speak this morning, God, that it won't be my words, God, but it'll be your words that come through, Lord. Will you challenge us? Will you encourage us this morning? And may we have an open heart to hear from your spirit. Amen. As I read that verse this morning, I, I was really drawn to the uh, part that says, so that you will not grow weary and, and lose heart. And we're going to look at that verse this morning, and it just ties in really nicely with everything that James has bought, just about sitting and considering, and those are the verses that he had up have kind of got included. So, you know, God's really just weaving a message in for us um, this morning. But I don't know about you if you've ever been tired or weary or, or felt like you want to lose heart. But I'm going to tell you about a time when I felt tired and weary. Um, not of life in general, but of a really specific thing. And, uh, and it was this, that it was, um, it was coming up to my 30th birthday and I had a bit of an early midlife crisis and I'm uh, just thinking, what have I done with my life? So I came up with a list of things to do before I was 30. And uh, inspired by, uh, by friends, I think, because uh, uh, Phoebe does a little challenge on friends before our 30th birthday, and it's to do a mile on a space hopper. Um, <laughs> why? I, I don't know. Uh, it was ridiculous, like... Now I'm, I'm 35, and I'm like, you don't need to do that in your life to be fulfilled. Do you? I, I don't know what I thought that would do to make me feel like I'd achieved something. But anyway, there it was on my list. The youth helped me write a big, long list of things, and I think I did two of them uh, out of the list. But one of them I did. I did the space hopper one, and so we arranged this... Um, this uh, sponsored walk, we were going to raise some money, and people could do what they wanted. They could dress up or go on a skateboard or different things like that, and so I chose my space hopper. And uh, the first mistake I made is it wasn't a very big space hopper. It wasn't really inflated very well either. It was just one I found. So that was my first mistake. And uh, I also planned a route, which was from church, and it went up uh, Newbridge Hill. That was the second mistake right there. From Newbridge Hill um, through Wellington Street and back through town, and we worked it out that it was a mile uh, route that we were going to do. I got past the, fir- the end of the car park, and my calves were already wrecking. And I was like, oh, no, how am I going to do this? But everyone, like, you know, I'd set it out as a thing that I was going to do, so I couldn't uh, really uh, say no that I wasn't going to do it. So I persevered, and I carried on. And I, I don't know if I actually literally... Um, bounced the whole way. There was a couple of times I had to take a rest and maybe walk a minute or two. But on, on the whole, I did go round. But I have to say, it was probably one of the most tired I've ever been 
um, in my life. And uh, I got back to church, and um, I've, I've never fainted in my life, but I think this is about the closest I've been to fainting. I stood up, and I went really dizzy. And you know, you start just seeing, like, spots and things like that. And uh, I just, I, I felt sick, and I had to sit down and collapse. I was so tired. I was so weary on this journey of doing a space hopper. But, um, but I consider that I did it. I, I hope you'll um, be happy and be proud of me for that, that I did a mile on a space hopper. Um, but you know, that weariness that I felt, uh, I kind of pushed through, it's kind of easy to remedy, isn't it? It's easy to get past at the end. You just need a rest uh, for 10 minutes or so and have a glass of water and then, uh, well, it's probably about half an hour actually. But then I felt fine, apart from the next day when I ached rather a lot. Um, so physical tiredness is sometimes, it's quite easy to, to, to remedy, isn't it? We have a rest, we have a break and we feel okay again. But there's a kind of tiredness, there's a weariness that we can come across in our life as Christians. Right? It says there, if you're weary and you lose heart, and sometimes that's more difficult um, to mend, isn't it? When we feel just weary with life and we've lost heart a little bit, maybe disappointments have come our way. Maybe things didn't go the way that we planned and we just feel weary. We just feel tired and we lose heart. But I want to encourage us this morning because this verse gives us something that's going to help us with that. It says, consider him, consider him so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In other words, the Bible knows that we're going to, at some point, that we might have a tendency to feel weary, that we might lose heart, but it tells us how we can be encouraged. It says, consider him. Consider him. That's how we're going to pick our souls up again. That's how we're going to be encouraged again. Consider him. So this morning, I want to look at three uh, ways that we can consider him in our lives, and hopefully that will help us, and we're going to come sort of back to this verse about how that makes us so that we can be encouraged and not grow weary. So the first thing that I want us to consider is to consider him in our choices. Consider him in our choices. Can you imagine that a, a married couple that um, didn't consider each other, that never considered each other in their choices and the decisions uh, they made, they didn't consult each other? Um, like now, I sometimes, I don't always consider Paul. Sometimes I forget to consider him, I'll, I'll admit. Um, I, I do, you got a bit of sympathy there, sweetie. That was, that was a genuine, I went for this. Sometimes I'll do things like I'll arrange a youth at our house and I'll be like, right, everyone, we're going to have youth at our house next Friday. And Paul's looking at me like, what? Well, tell me. Um, luckily, he's like, he's pretty cool about it and he's, he's, he's normally not got a problem with it. But most decisions that we make, we consider each other. Can you imagine? Um, Paul got home from work one day, and I, I, I had a brand new car in the drive. And uh, he's like, what's, what's with the car? And I said, well, um, do you know, I just got a bit fed up of our car. So that money we were saving up for, for our extension, I just I thought, I'm going to blow it on a new car instead. It's nice, isn't it? Well, I don't know what Paul would say. We've not been across that situation yet, but <laughs> I feel like he wouldn't be best pleased. I feel like he might say, well, why didn't you consider me in that that decision. Can you imagine maybe like Paul's getting dressed for work one morning and instead of putting his Specsavers uniform on, he puts a Tesco uniform on and I say, oh, what, what's happening? Has Specsavers changed their, their uniform? Paul says, oh, didn't I tell you? I changed my job. Didn't I tell you that? I've started a new career path and um, it's not quite as well paid, but it's really what I want to do. <laughs> I, I'd be a little bit like, well, did you not think to, to ask your wife or talk about, talk about it with me? You know, what if I, I just booked a holiday without him or or maybe even worse, like something really significant happened in one of our lives. And, you know, we were, we were facing something, big emotional battle, or we lost somebody, and we didn't talk to each other about it. What would you say about that marriage? It would not be a very good marriage, would it? It wouldn't be a very good relationship. And so it made me think um, about what our relationship is like with God. Because do we always remember to seek God 
in what we do and to consider him in the choices that we make in life. Because it naturally comes out in our relationships. It doesn't have to be a marriage. It could be a, a friendship. You know, your best friends, you tell them things, don't you? you? You ask their advice and you consider them in the decisions that you make. And we need to do that with God. We need to consider him when we make the choices in our lives. There's a good verse in Proverbs which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. And uh, I, that's been one of my favorite verses since being a kid. There's so much in there to unpack just about how to live our lives. But it says there, seek his will in all you do. And I wonder how close we are to, to doing that. And I'm not necessarily saying that you need a prayer meeting in the morning to decide what cereal to eat or anything like that. I'm not saying that you need to, you know, spend some hours in intercession. But, you know, just like in a, in, a, in a normal human relationship, most big things you would talk about and consider each other. Um, you know, we should do the same with God. We need to consider God, to consider him in our decisions. When Paul uh, finished university, he had a, a decision to make. Um, they do uh, something when they, they do three years of um, a degree and then they do a pre-reg year. And so his decision was, where do I do my pre-reg year? Now, he'd never heard of Louth. I don't know why. It's a major city in our country, but he hadn't heard of it. And um, he had to make this decision of where am I going to go and uh, do my pre-reg year. Um, and thankfully, he included God in that decision. And this is, this is what he did. He, he prayed. He sent his letters out all across the country to different places that were offering a pre-reg place. So Louth was one of those places. And uh, he just prayed to God, God, I just want one letter back. I don't want to have to decide. I want one letter that's the letter that's right with you for the place that I want to go. And he got one letter back, and the letter was from Louth. Now, I, I mean, can you imagine? We didn't have Paul here now. Like that, that decision, I know. Oh, look, see, you get double sympathy this morning. You're coming across well, aren't you? I better, better think of a story that's, you know, makes him look bad, just for, to balance it out. Um, there's none. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, so, uh, so before he came to Laos, he decided to include God in that decision. But, the, you know, the enormity of that decision actually affected the rest of his life. It could have just been a year. Um, but it wasn't. He, he met me here. He got married. He found our church. He's in the worship. He's got his job. And now we've got two kids. Do you know what I mean? The, the repercussions of that decision, if he just hadn't made that one simple act of praying and saying, God, I want your input in this decision. You know, sometimes we can get all worrying about it and going, am I doing the will of God? Am I not doing the will of God? Is this right or wrong? But you know what? All you need to do is just pray and ask God for guidance. And, it, you know, if God hasn't given you a direct word, just keep doing the last thing he told you. I think Matt spoke on that recently. Um, so we don't have to worry about it, because if we're asking God, he will direct us. He will show us his path. But it says, seek him in all you do. I used to drive um, my dad's old car when I first learned how to drive. And um, we were talking about this the other day. My dad used to have, like, really old banger cars, like, really old cars. And, uh, and if Richard was here this morning, he'd probably be laughing, because he knows the car. He's this big old Rover, and I was in sixth form. And I, I like, could just see over the steering wheel, like, this big old chunky diesel car. I mean, like, he was a headmaster. That was his job. And he used to turn up to school in the, like, the worst car in the car park that we'd not been sure if it'd start in that morning. Um, but that's really an aside. Um, the, the car that... Basically, my dad says, you can drive, it's my car, but you can drive it whenever I don't need it. 
and we had more than one car. So that meant most of the time I could drive the car. So I felt like it was my car. And so um, I got a bit fed up of the tape player in it because most of my music was on CDs. Um, and so I thought I'm going to put a CD player in the car and it'd be a great surprise for my dad that we can put this CD player in. So I got um, Mr. Clark, Richard helped me. I don't want to put it in the air because you're married to him. But uh, he, was, uh, he helped me to fit in this new CD player and I paid for it and he put it in for me. And I thought my dad and my stepmom would be really happy. And I said, I've got a surprise for you. Come and look in the car. And they weren't very happy. And I was like, why aren't you very happy? They said, well, it's our car. You didn't consider she didn't ask us what if we didn't want a CD player, you know, what if, and, uh, and to be honest, I didn't even register, didn't even think, because it felt like my car, I was driving it around, it was my car, I felt like I could have had the right to do that without asking. But I think sometimes maybe we have that attitude to our lives, don't we? We think it's my life, I can do what I want, I don't have to consider God in my choices. But as Christians, we give over the right to our choices, don't we, to God? And we say, God, I want to follow you. I want to obey you. I want to listen to your voice. And then sometimes we just carry on living the same way we've always lived. And we rely on our own understanding instead of seeking his will. And, uh, and I want to encourage us this morning to seek his will, to ask him. Our understanding might be good, but it's not as good as God's understanding. So seek his will in all you do. Sometimes as Christians, maybe we're weary. Maybe we've lost heart because we keep choosing our own path to take and actually, God's got an easier route for us, perhaps. And sometimes we go the hard way. We, we, we go on a difficult route because we haven't actually just listened out to God and what his path was for us. In my amazing um, wisdom and understanding, I chose to bounce up a hill on a space hopper after already doing quite a hard trek. That was not the best understanding um, my sister lives at the top of the hill, and she was ready. She said, I'm going to look out for you, and I'm going to have a glass of water for it, ready for you. She obviously had a bit more wisdom than me, thinking how hard it was going to be. And I, I got there, and I tell you what, I don't think I actually would have finished it if it hadn't been for that little rest and that glass of water. But my wisdom, my path that I took made me weary. It made me lose heart. I nearly didn't want to finish it. But God's path for us is a path that we can manage. He equips us, and he gives us the right tools, and he knows we can do it said on the screen, didn't it, that his, his, um, his burden is light, his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. And sometimes maybe we're tired, maybe we're weary, maybe we've lost heart because we've chosen our own path. So let's consider him in our choices. Let's consider him in, uh, in what we do. The second thing is to consider him in the everyday of life. And I just want to look at uh, in this about pausing. Because sometimes it's really good to pause. That's been the whole um, theme of our, um, our series that we've been doing just about pausing. And I want to just look at four times when it might just be good to pause. So the first one is just pausing throughout the day to spend time with him. It's so important just to stop and, uh, and spend time considering him throughout the day. You know, I, I don't know what works best for you. Maybe for some of you, that's really like you need to get up in the morning and give the day to God and spend that time with God in the morning. And that's so important. You know, uh, for some of you, you've got young children who are already up at five and that's not the best time for you. Um, but, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It could be throughout the day a few times, just stopping and pausing, reading a psalm. It could be in the evening where you just spend a little bit of time getting into the Bible, listening to worship. It doesn't matter when it is, but it's so important to do it every day. If we don't consider and stop every day, so quickly we lose that connection with God. Um, jo uh, James already put it up on the screen, but um, John 15, verse 4 to 5 says, Remain in me and I will remain in you. 
For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So we need to remain in him. We need to, and God, Jesus knew we needed to hear that, didn't he? Because he said that it's one of the passages in John that he told to his disciples for us to hear as well. Remain in me. We needed to be told, don't, don't we, that we need to remember to consider him. Because it's so easy to rush into what we're doing and to not take that time to pause and think about God in our everyday life. The second, ty- the second thing, sometimes it's good to pause, is to pause before we respond. So sometimes we have a response that we're going to make, and it's really good to pause because it's easy to quickly um, respond in a situation maybe out of anger, you know, a situation where somebody's, um, you've had opposition and you need to pause um, before you make a, sort of a comeback in anger. Maybe it's something like you're about to say something that's not brilliant. I find that's really handy sometimes when you, you, know, you have that second of way up in your mind of do I say this is actually just to pause and ask God, is this going to be a good thing to say? right now. Uh, so, so something like that, you know, pausing before we respond. How are we going to respond? Um, Artie Kendall told a story um, when we were at Evangelist Conference about a couple that bought a house and then they were living in the house and they discovered that a dove had come to, um, to make its home in their loft. And um, apparently doves don't do that very often in homes. It's quite a privilege to have a dove there. And they were animal lovers. They loved the dove staying. But what they found is that um, every time they had an argument, the dove flew off. Didn't like the noise of them arguing. And this couple, they weren't getting on very well at the time. They kept having these arguments. And uh, the dove kept flying off. And they had this conversation. And they said, if we don't fix this, if we, you know, we either need to stop arguing or we need to face the fact the dove's probably going to go. And so they changed their lifestyle to fix so the dove wouldn't, wouldn't leave. So they accommodated their life around the dove and they decided to stop arguing. And the dove came and stayed um, in their house. And their marriage problems were actually resolved um, at the same time. Um, but do you know that the Bible says the Holy Spirit's like a dove? Um, because doves are actually very easily scared off, aren't they? they? They flee off quite easily. I don't know how many of you have ever had a dove come and land on you. Probably no one. They just they don't really do it. Um, but the Holy Spirit's like a dove. He comes and lands on us, but he's easily scared away. Um, that's not because he's timid. It's because God hates sin. And when we have sin in our life, the, the dove leaves and he goes. And, uh, and so we have to either be prepared to lose the dove or we have to accommodate our lifestyle so that the dove stays. And, uh, and so sometimes we need to take that pause and we need to consider the dove. We need to consider the Holy Spirit in, this, in that situation. If I, make, if I do this action right now, is the Holy Spirit going to fly away? You know, am I going to lose that connection with God? I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to think about it. So taking a pause before we respond is really important. And the third thing is to pause and listen. Pause and listen uh, to God. So um, me and Diane, we help Emma with toddlers on a Tuesday morning, and uh, we, we sort of we make the cut teas and coffees for the mums. We clear up the gross banana off the mat that the children have left, and all that kind of stuff. And um, Emma's normally the one that deals with the sick if any children are sick. Thank you, Emma. Uh, and so we do all that, but also we chat to the mums, and um, we're there for the mums when the mums come in, if check if they're okay, and and all that kind of stuff. So the other week, it was about two weeks ago, I was at toddlers, and um, normally just go around and sort of there's a few people I know I sit and have a chat with or whatever. And uh, I went to the toilet, and as a I was about to come back in the room. I sort of, I, I went for the handle and just I stopped and just for a few seconds and I just, I asked God a question and I said, God, is there anyone you want me to talk to? Just as I went back in. 
And uh, I have asked that before, and sometimes like get nothing, and sometimes. Um, but that particular morning, a, a name came straight into my head, just dropped straight into my head. I hadn't even finished the question. And I'm like, okay, it's somebody I know, somebody I talked to them about, I hadn't said hello to them that morning. Anyway, I went in, I thought, right, I'll go and say hello to them, find out how they are. And we opened up this whole conversation, and we started to talk, started to talk about a little bit about church and things like that into it, which was great. And then she just opened up about a situation that had been going on in her life, and she was just really struggling with it. And it ended up with, with her in tears, and I was trying to say, so okay. And, and, but I'd never spoke to her on that level before. It'd always been a bit of a, hi, how are you doing, real surface chat. But for some reason that morning, I think, you know, because I asked God that question, who do you want me to talk to? I think God just knew that she needed somebody. Maybe she just needed a chat. Maybe she just needed to know she could trust, you know, us as a toddler team. She could open up. It was a safe place to come and have a chat. And that few seconds, you know, probably changed the course of the whole morning. Just stopping, God, who do you want me to talk to? Sometimes a little pause and just listening to God. You know, and you might, maybe you're not sure how to hear God, but sometimes it's just a, just a whisper in your mind, just a voice, just a feeling that drops into your heart at that point. And if you get that, you know, I just encourage you, follow it and do it, because that just changed the course of my morning. So pause and listen. Uh, there's, there's other times when I haven't paused, or there's other times I've listened and not really done what God's asked me, but, you know, that particular time, I was really glad that I just listened and I paused. And then the final thing is just, uh, the final pause that we can do is just pause to have a chat. Pause to have a chat with God. Um, I've been loving the, um, the prayer course that we've been doing on a, on a Sunday night. It's been really good. Just the, the course has been great just to help in your prayer life. And uh, one of the stories that the guy Pete Gregg gave on the first night was that he um, was walking along one day and he felt God say to him, um, look at that tree. So uh, he stopped and he looked up at this tree and he was expecting something profound, like there was maybe there was a stuck cat up there that he needed to rescue or, or something like that. And he looked up at the tree, nothing there. And he stood looking for a minute, thinking people are going to think I'm weird, I'm staring at this tree. And he's like, yeah, okay, God, I'm looking at the tree. And he, he genuinely felt like God said, good, isn't it? That's, that was genuinely what he felt God said. And he was like, yeah, God, it's a, it's a good tree. It's a good tree. And uh, it just got, it got him thinking uh, as part of like, what he said in the prayer course that, so often we go to God and uh, we talk to him about our problems, we talk to him about our prayer lists, we talk to him about things we want him to do. But you know, all of that happened, you know, that's all stuff after the fall. What did Adam and Eve talk to uh, with God before the world went to pot? Do you know what I mean? What did, they, what did they say to him before there was sin and death and suffering in the world? They must have just talked about creation and how you're doing and they must have just had a chat with him. And, uh, and I just think that's amazing. Like, often we just go to God with our lists. But I want to encourage you, sometimes it's great just to pause and just have a chat with God. Just maybe about your day, you know, maybe ask him something. Just, just like you would in a normal relationship with a friend, you know, just have a chat with God. And um, because, in, you know, we're going to spend eternity with God in heaven, aren't we, where there, there's no longer going to be problems and things to ask him. What are we going to talk about? Are we going to know him? Is he going to be our friend? You know, so to have a pause, have um, a chat. When we pause, we're less weary, aren't we? You know, all those situations where we pause. That verse at the beginning, so you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, I already said my sister gave me a drink halfway through my space hopper race, and that really gave me the boost to carry on that I needed. I genuinely don't think I would have finished it if I hadn't have had that. We sometimes just need a pause, don't we? 
to carry on. And I don't know what that means for you this morning. I don't know if that's a physical pause, like you need a holiday. I don't know if that just means a pause where you just take a, you know, an, a, a morning on your own with God or just get away from some distractions and just try and do it for 10 minutes. I don't know what it is for you, but we all need to pause sometimes. And that pause gives us refreshing. So we need to include God in our decisions and we need to include God in our everyday. But, uh, but that verse really is, um, is talking about something else, isn't it? Because it says, consider him who endured such opposition from, sk- from sinners. And uh, it says about, consider him who suffered. Consider him who suffered. And, and we need to sometimes just stop and actually consider how Jesus suffered. Sometimes we need to pause and consider his suffering and what he did for us. I just want to maybe invite uh, James up just to give us a little bit of music because we're going to just sit. We're actually going to just sit and consider. It's it's one of those mornings this morning. I know we've already sat and considered a little bit, but I'm just going to, I'm going to remind us of some of the things that Jesus faced on the cross this morning so we can consider his suffering, so we can consider what he faced um, for us. We all know that he came and he lived a perfect life as a human being. Um, and he lived his life with no sin. And he faced the things that humans would face throughout his life. But his ultimate sacrifice was his death on the cross. And um, we know that Jesus was deserted at that point by most of his followers. The, his faithful friends that had followed him around um, for years, um, for three years. And uh, most of them ran off because they were scared. Peter uh, denied him and said he didn't know him. And um, a few days before, there was crowds of people shouting, you know, um, we think Jesus is brilliant, shouting Hosanna and glory to God as he rode past. And then just a week later, um, they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. So Jesus had people turn on him. His friends deserted him. And the people that he loved deserted him. He was, he was made fun of by the Roman soldiers. Can you imagine? Jesus came for those people and there they were making fun of him put a crown of thorns on his head and it says they mocked him and they spat at him I don't know if that's ever happened to you if you've ever been um, you know somebody has done that really cruelly to you but um, it's a horrible thing to face and then on top of that there was the physical pain that he faced so the first thing was that Jesus was whipped and uh, a Roman whipping was incredibly incredibly cruel um, it wasn't just a whip they tied bits of lead and bone into the, into the whip so it would, it would tear the back apart. Some people died from a Roman whipping on its own. Um, some people would faint, some people would die, but Jesus lived through the whipping, but he faced the, the awful agony of it. I don't know if you've ever thought about how Jesus felt when um, he went up on the cross, but the, the weather in Jerusalem, it would have been so hot. You know, when you feel like when you're just out in the heat and there's no shade anywhere and he's up on a cross in pain and it's just absolutely baking hot and he hasn't had a drink and he hasn't eaten since the last supper he probably hasn't slept for 28 hours I don't know about you I'm not great without sleep but uh, when you're in pain and when you're struggling it just makes it feel worse doesn't it so Jesus hadn't eaten he hadn't slept and then he'd been whipped and then he was hung on a cross I read this account about Jesus just from a medical kind of perspective of what he would have faced. It says, his throat muscles would be weak, his chest plus congestion, fatigue and weakness would make it difficult to talk. We know from biblical references that Jesus spoke only seven times in short phrases. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, he became weaker and weaker. His blood pressure progressively dropped, his pulse increased, 
and became erratic. His breathing became shallow and labored as the result of progressive shock. When hanging on the cross, it was difficult to breathe so that one would push himself up, first pulling all his weight on his feet, gasping a breath or two. Then because of the excruciating pain in his lower, he would lower himself down, putting his weight on his wrist. So for six hours, Jesus pushed himself up, gasped for breath, and then dropped down again for a minute or two. Unimaginable pain in his wrists and arms, then pushed himself up again, over and over. But for all this physical pain that Jesus faced on the cross, there was one bigger pain for Jesus. And uh, that was that he took, uh, he took the effect of our sin in his body, and he was cut off from God. It says, Jesus cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he looked, Jesus turned away. It says, when Jesus hung on the cross in his body, he bore every single one of our sins, every prideful and lustful thought, every curse word, every act of immorality, every murder, every hateful thought or word. You get the idea. In God's eyes, Jesus became unimaginably vile, despicable and disgusting. And at that moment, Jesus was cut off from experiencing the perfect fellowship, love and delight he had with the Father for all eternity. At that moment, Jesus experienced being forsaken by God. Of course, he wasn't literally abandoned by God, but because he was God, but he had become sin. God poured out his wrath on his son. In a sense, Jesus experienced hell, being cut off from God's presence and enduring God's fury upon sin. Now, you might think this morning I've started with, you might be feeling weary, you might be feeling worn out. You might kind of think, how does that help? How does this reflecting on Jesus' death help us? Because it's not a nice thing to think about. But I want to give you four things that I'm going to finish off with this morning. Four reasons why this can help us to not grow weary, to not lose heart. The first one is this, that Jesus can identify with our pain. I don't know if you've ever been through a tough situation where somebody else has been through something similar. Um, but I know I have. And so, some people sent me cards and sent me messages because they've been through the same thing as me. And it meant so much more to me from that person because they knew how I felt. And they were saying, come on, you can get through this. I'm cheering you on. You know, you're a strong person. I believe in you. And it meant such a lot to me that that encouragement in that difficult time. It's nice to have sympathy from anyone, but empathy is different, isn't it, when someone's been there. And, you know, Jesus has been there. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're facing today, whether it's heartbreak or physical pain or illness or you feel like you've been deserted by your friend or you've got opposition, you know, Jesus has felt it. He knows. He's been there. The second thing is that Jesus exchanged something at the cross. You know, it said there that Jesus was forsaken. He says, God, God, why have you forsaken me? And we sing that song, don't we? Not for a minute was I forsaken. Because God went through those minutes where the Father looked away, we never have to go through anything alone. We have that promise. We are never forsaken because Jesus took it all on the cross. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. When God looks at us, he sees us as pure, as with no sin. If we've accepted Jesus into our hearts, he sees us as perfect because Jesus took all our sin. The third thing is that he loves us that much. It said at the beginning of that verse, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy, that was why he did it. For the joy of knowing us, for the joy of having a relationship with us. He paid the highest cost. And, uh, and it was a joy that he could get us at the end. The cross itself wasn't a joy, but for the joy set before him. That's us. That's you and me. He was willing. He was, he was well willing to do it because he knew he could have 
a relationship with us at the end of it and we can have eternal life with him. And then the final thing uh, this morning is that there was a resurrection. It didn't stay like that. It didn't stay with Jesus on the cross. It didn't stay with Jesus in the grave. On the third day, Jesus rose again. And uh, that just shows that there's victory at the end. Some of you, we might be facing a difficult situation. We might be weary. We might have lost heart. But Jesus rose on the third day. And it says that's that amazing power that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. You can have victory this morning. You can have victory over whatever you face. You can take heart because he has conquered the world, as the Bible passage says. He took it all on the cross. So this morning, this morning, if you're feeling weary, if you've lost heart, if you're feeling like the journey's hard, because sometimes it is, I want to encourage you this morning to consider him. Consider him in your decisions. Consider him in your everyday, but consider him as well who suffered. Consider what he went through. Not so that we can be just mournful about that, but so that we can realize what he won for us. So we can realize what he paid for us at the end of it. He can identify with our pain. He exchanged something amazing so we're never alone. That he loves us that much. And that just as he was resurrected, we have the power of Jesus living in us. You know, that's good news. When we reflect on that, maybe our problems don't seem as big. Maybe our, our issues don't seem quite as big when we know what kind of God we serve this morning. I want to take, say two prayers this morning. I want us just to close our eyes. And uh, if you're in here and you're not a Christian, you've never accepted Jesus into your life and you've heard about the cross this morning, about what he did for you. And you want to say this morning, actually, I want to take that opportunity to start that journey with him. You know, to start that journey where I'm forgiven for my sins and I can walk with him. I just want you to put your hand in the air real quick and put it back down again. I'm going to say a prayer for you. If you're in here this morning, you've never made that choice before. You want to make that choice this morning. Just put your hand in the air just so I can see it and put it down again. That's fantastic. Is there anyone else? Brilliant. If you put your hand up, I'm just going to say a prayer. You can just agree with this prayer in your heart. Just join in yourself. God, I recognize that I've done things wrong, but I thank you that you died on the cross to forgive my sins. I give my life to you now, and I pray that you will help me to walk on your path, on your journey. Amen. If you put your hand up, make sure you talk to someone at the end, or if you didn't, but you wanted to, and you've got questions, come and find one of the leaders. Don't leave without talking to one of us. And I I just want to pray for the rest of you. Maybe um, there's some people in here, you you just need to consider him again. Is there anyone in here, you just put, again, put your hand up and just put it down again. If you're feeling like you're weary, you've lost heart, and you just want me to pray for you this morning, just put your hand up, put it down again. That's, that's brilliant. Anyone else? You just feel weary, you've lost heart. God, I just thank you for the honesty of people just putting their hand up before you, God, and I just pray you're refreshing this morning, God, that as we consider you, as we consider what you did on the cross, God, bring a refreshing this morning, Lord. Let us know that we, have a, we are victorious in you, God. I pray that we will walk out of here just feeling like we have been refreshed in you, God. Help us to rest in you every day.